from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Tax filing deadline this year, April 18th. And honest people are looking to file proper returns, but you sometimes worry about your math. Ty, I would like you to crunch those numbers again. It's programmed. There's no such thing. Just crunch them. Just crunch them, please. Crunch. Did it help? What if you receive notice you're being audited? It doesn't necessarily mean you did something wrong. In fact, it could even be good news. Here's ABC's Daria Albinger with today's tax tip. So you've been audited. I'm Daria Aldinger with today's tax tip. You filed your return and you assume all is well, and then you get a letter from the IRS informing you that your return will be audited. The Internal Revenue Service accepts most federal tax returns as filed. However, the IRS examines or audits some returns to determine if income, expenses, and credits are being reported accurately. IRS spokesman Anthony Burke says don't panic. If your return is selected for examination, it does not suggest that you made an error or are dishonest. Read the letter, and if you think you'll need representation talk to a tax prep pro burke also says it may not turn out to be bad news some audits even result in the taxpayer's favor and the irs sends the taxpayer a refund you'll find more information about audits and how to handle them on the irs website irs.gov or the irs app irs to go with today's tax tip daria albinger abc news Tax tips are brought to you by the Neal Group. For less stress with the IRS, visit neilgroup.net. That's N-E-A-L group.net for a free consultation. Ty, I would like you to crunch those numbers again. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. With only 12 games remaining on the regular season schedule, the Milwaukee Bucks were looking to cook up some home wins and tame the visiting Raptors and did so with some help from the Greek Freak. Giannis goes galloping through the defense. He'll have an easy nerf hoop dunk with the right hand. He makes it look so easy. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ. Giannis scored 22 points, grabbed 13 boards, while also dishing 10 assists in the Milwaukee Bucks, the number one team in the Eastern Conference, defeat Toronto by a final score of 118-110 to for their 51st win on the season. After the game, head coach Mike Budenholzer on Giannis and his ability to keep growing his game. He just continues to grow and, and understand. And, and, you know, like we mentioned earlier, we've had a lot of battles with these guys. Uh, you know, I think there's an understanding from him, you know, kind of their mindset. You know, so I think that helps him going into it. And, you know, guys making shots around it. You know, you know I, I think just he, he's his feel for the game and, and you know, what teams are going to do to him different nights and night in and night out, you know, is, is just growing and, and in a good place. Giannis now becomes the franchise leader for most games played as a Milwaukee back, Buck, passing Junior Bridgman with 712. Over to College Hoops. After winning their first round matchup of the college basketball tournament on Friday against Vermont, Marquette found themselves in a late battle against Michigan State in the round of 32. Marquette has it beyond the three-point line, driving baseline. Igodara back out to Kolick. He's got the open three. Good! Marquette up three! Homer and Tony on the call over on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee. Tyler Kolick would drain that bucket, but it would not be enough to get Marquette to the Sweet 16 as they fall to Tom Izzo and Michigan State by a final of 69-60. to After the game, head coach Shaka Smart on the difference in the game. I thought they played with great aggressiveness, uh, particularly early in the game and at the very end of the game. And uh, those two stretches were the, were the difference. 
uh, in the outcome of the game. I thought our guys showed incredible character and fight to bring us back from being down 13 early to having a three-point lead uh, in the first round of the second half. Offensively, that's just not one of our best games. Despite the loss, it was a good season for Marquette. A team once picked to finish ninth in the Big East, finished the season with 29 wins and a Big East title. And staying in college hoops, Wisconsin is moving on in their NIT tournament with a nail-biting win over Liberty at the Kohl Center by a final score of 75-71. to Chucky Hepburn led the charge for Wisconsin with 27 points. Next up for Wisconsin is a matchup in the quarterfinals against Oregon on Tuesday. This college basketball tournament update is brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. And finally, over to college hockey, where the Wisconsin Badgers women's team is in search of more hardware to add to their collection. Cammie Cronish has her hands on her head already. It's over. A record seventh national championship for the Wisconsin Badgers. The Lady Badgers defeated Ohio State one to nothing in the national championship to secure their third title in five years and their record-setting seventh championship in school history. That's so awesome! Like incredible. And then, in terms of like dynasty, where if you have a young lady in your life who's playing hockey and wants to play at the next yeah. level, where would you send don't, her? Don't look too far <laughs> right? if you're in Wisconsin. <laughs> Six eighteen on Wisconsin's morning news on Wisconsin. Six twenty-one on Wisconsin's morning news. You know, robotics has long been a part of surgical procedures and medicine for, I don't know, like that's not new, right? Mm-hmm. Physicians and, and surgeons going in and using robotic-assisted technology to do various surgeries. Probably yeah. when I, I had my appendix out, I think I remember there was this giant screen. That's the last thing I remember <laughs> getting wheeled on into the room. It was a big screen because they were going to use some sort of robot. Really, like. Robotic assisted things to go in there and just some type of hell. So yeah, just kind of suck Hello, it out. Vinny. No, there was an actual surgeon who didn't <laughs> just tell the computer what please. to do. But we're not that far. far. We're not that far away from that. Now we're real close. If my intelligence is artificial, then why am I smarter than you? Yes, a team of researchers from South Korea have developed a miniature robot that can navigate through blood vessels and potentially help complete surgeries. So basically, they would inject this microbot into your body. It could travel to the arteries and then actually provide some type of medicine or some type of cleanup to an affected area. And then walk back <laughs> to the extraction point. No. It comes <laughs> yes. back out? Yes. So they did this. They successfully demonstrated an injectable microbot that could travel to the artery of a pig using 3D x-ray imaging and an external magnetic field, deliver a dye, and then return safely to the extraction point. And these are tiny microbots. That yeah, some clearly, swims. if they're like running around in your blood vessels. Now, some of them do have legs, apparently. No. <laughs> yes, they have like little four legs, and they can like walk around. Uh, I don't know when you're kidding. So, no, no, they don't yes, have legs, no, right? Here, I'll show you a picture. Uh, let's see. See? Legs. Four little legs what? that... Now, some of them can swim, too, but, like, these, like, will sit in, Okay, like, but it's not, like, spider legs. It's not crawling around in there. But, it, I mean, it stands right. on these a little bit. We're both... Okay, dead. we'll allow it. <laughs> so, think about this. So, what they would do is they would inject this using a catheter. It could help perform a variety of tasks, 
such as removing blood clots, which is a huge issue. Oh, yeah. Or delivering medicine to diseased areas. What better than to put the medicine right where the affected area yeah. would be than with a microbot? Without cutting you open. I mean, that's the other thing. Folks who've had surgery, like there's the surgery, and then there's the recovery from just what they had to do to get at it. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I had a buddy of mine who just had a, a major heart surgery. It had cut through his ribs and stuff like that. Right, his, yeah. his recovery was about... <laughs> the ribs getting back in shape. Well, you know, and we we laugh about uh, this idea of like injecting microbots and oh my gosh and gross and all that. Well, you know, pacemakers were a thing once that it was like, wow, really, we're doing this? We're we're putting this in our inside of our body to make sure the heart works. I mean, okay. I, I wear a device. Other people have medical things. So like, this is just the next progression of technology. Microbots. It's not like GI Joe where it's going to like turn you into Destro and stuff like that, but it's <laughs> it's one of these things that's going to be used more and more now to help cure or at least move you in a better direction when it comes to artery care and other diseases. I think too, like what whatever they're using, like you're oblivious to it. No one discussed with me what was really going to happen in the appendix surgery. You're like, I don't know, like <laughs> however you all take that out, just go ahead and take that out. And you didn't talk about it with him? Well, I mean, I'm sure he went through, well, we're going to do this, that, or the other. But it's not like I sat there and debated with him. Like, nah, I don't want you to use the robot. I prefer you go old school on me. Like, just, <laughs> just go with the knife, right. please. However you guys do it. So go ahead. See, I always just wanted to have it because I've had mine taken out, too. And I asked if I could see it or if I could keep it. <laughs> and the doctor laughed at me not. and said no. When you were a kid, then. I was 11. I was a forty-something-year-old man. I didn't want my appendix. No, they did show me a picture of it. Was it was it enlarged? I know it was like proof of surgery or what. I don't know. Like here it is. As I mean, as far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> what do I, what does a normal appendix look like? I mean, it did appear angry to me. <laughs> I was real mad about something. Uh, so I wanted to. You asked about like the size and whatnot. Some of these are pretty small. Robots described in some of these journals now are less than. A tenth of a millimeter wide, around the width of a human hair, and do have four legs that are powered by an onboard solar cell. By shooting laser lights into these solar cells, researchers were able to trigger the legs to move, causing the robot to walk around. I guess it would have... So- Especially if you're trying to clear, like, clogs. Sure. I mean, that sounds like a great idea. Or, you know, what else you can do to clear clogs? You go into ice baths. <laughs> no. That's not what else <laughs> yeah, you do. I'm not going to do that. No. Not going to do that by no means. So, so you're, you're a no, is that right? No, I'm not a no. I just you know, it's it's freaky. I'm a yes, whatever your standard procedure is. Or I suppose if, when it's new, they might come to you and say we want to try something. Yeah. Again, when you're in pain, yeah, hey, whatever you all goes, normally do, please do it. Inject me with whatever you need to, <laughs> even microbots. All right. Well, there it is. How about that, E? Today's high, 48 degrees. Huh, how convenient. <laughs> the temperature when you and I jumped into Lake Michigan Saturday morning was 17. It's <laughs> a 30-degree difference. Come on. Come on. It's a difference between 50 and 80 degrees. Yeah, but don't you want to own it? Like, if, if you're going to do it, you want to be able to say it was only 17 degrees. <laughs> I don't though. know if I needed that. <laughs> Did you get the question all weekend? Had I thought yeah. out. <laughs> hey, did you warm up yet? You thaw out yet? <laughs> yeah, a few times. A few yeah. times. The answer for me remains no. That one was 
mine. That was my screen. So Eric and I took the polar plunge for Special Olympics Wisconsin on the lakefront this weekend. You were Eric. Eric was so excited when he got there, and you brought your son Noah. Yeah. I give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah, my sixteen-year-old did the plunge as well. Uh, he he kept telling me before we went in, he's like, "I am cold. Yeah. I am cold. <laughs> I'm like, dude, there's nothing I can do about it. Right. I mean, you can go sit in the car, I guess. <laughs> was the water warmer than the air? I don't know. I, I mean, it was. Hard it was. It was thirty-six that. degrees. Yeah. Was the temperature? Technically, yes, but whatever. <laughs> As soon as you step in, like, it's instant numbing and just pain. (laughs) But it was awesome. It was awesome. We did it. Here's the immediate post game. So Ryan Williams, our guy here at WTMJ, he was there. Maya was there from our street team. And so they wanted our our immediate reaction after we had warmed up a little Mm -hmm. bit. Well, (laughs) warmed up. Put some clothes on. I told you. <laughs> it was cold. It I was told cold. you. It was really cold. Yes. But awesome. It was, it was awesome. awesome. Ice on the bottom and stuff. I, yeah. was, I, was, I thought I was going to have to go back and get you. <laughs> yeah, I kind of slid out a little far. <laughs> it was trying and trying to get back, but it was awesome. Like the, uh, the amount of energy and all the people cheering and screaming yeah. and all that. Like you wanted to keep swimming out further. Like you just all that fired up about it. And then you feel the water. Yeah. <laughs> told you. Oh, boy. It was a challenge. So it was down at uh, McKinley Marina. And then on top of that, so it's if you watch the video, and it's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed by my performance. I look like an old man being escorted to his seat at the theater. <laughs> like, just doing the, like, <laughs> all right. But I didn't want to wipe out. Like, you could not fall down. I could not have that. Well, so my issue was I, I had trouble swimming back to shore. Like You I, were out in, like, like deep. I'm, like, I thought... At, at the time, you think you're using all your arms. Well, yeah, I'll just like, swim back. But then you watch the video, and I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, my kid sprinted in, like he bolted in, in and out, out. over, yeah. done. That's the way to do it. <laughs> right. I just was afraid to run because it was icy and kind of slimy because it's, yeah. you know, the lake. <laughs> but we did it, and I said it from the start, like, let's not over-focus on the stunt. Yeah. The reason we were there was support our Special Olympics Wisconsin athletes. Mm-hmm. Many of them were there. They are eternally grateful for that support, I believe, so strongly in the programming that they put on for men and women and boys and girls with intellectual disabilities across the state. It's really important stuff. Eric, you had a chance to meet some of the athletes oh, out there. Awesome. Just great people. And who, for them, it's not just sports, it's their community, it's their sense of everything, and uh, many of them participate year-round. So they are grateful to us, we are grateful to so many of you, Uh, grateful to Gruber Law Offices, one call, that's all. They support all our WTMJ CARES initiatives, and our fundraising page is still open. You can text the word CARES to 855-616-1620. The old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620. Text the word CARES. If you'd like to raise our fundraising total, we're up over $3,800 right now, which is a really nice amount of money. We'd love to get a little bit more for our athletes this morning and grateful for all of you who've already contributed. Brandon Snide's Got Sports. That's coming up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The dancing comes to an end for the Marquette Golden Eagles as they fall to Michigan State in the round of 32 by a final score of 69-60. to Omax Prosper led the way for Marquette with 16 points and Cam Jones added 14. Over to the NBA where the league's best was back in action as the Bucks used a strong fourth quarter to take care of the Toronto Raptors. By a final of 118 to 110. It was a historic night for Giannis, who was playing in his 712th game, setting a new franchise record and celebrated it by finishing with a triple double of 22, 13, and 10 
while going a perfect 9-from-9 nine nine from the field. Next up for the Bucks is a Wednesday night tip-off against the San Antonio Spurs. And finally, over to the Diamond, where Team USA is heading to the World Baseball Classic Championship after beating Cuba in the semifinal by a score of 14-2. Team USA will await the winner of Japan and Mexico with the championship game set for Tuesday. First pitch is set for 6 p.m. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's morning news. Here's Brendan Snide. March Madness officially began last week and did so with some incredible finishes to pair with some wild upsets. It was also what I believe as just the beginning for the Marquette Golden Eagles under head coach Shaka Smart. On Friday, the Golden Eagles secured their first NCAA tournament win in 10 years after defeating Vermont. But... Unfortunately, they fell short in the round of 32 to Tom Izzo and the Michigan State Spartans, as you all just heard. Despite the loss, though, I truly believe something special is brewing in Milwaukee under the leadership of Coach Smart and President Mike Lovell. And yeah, I know, coming off a loss in which they were the higher seed may seem a little wacky and outdated, but hear me out, just hear me out here for a second. Prior to the season, this team was predicted to finish ninth, not in the country, in the Big East, to go along with 12 or so wins, depending on which website you looked at. Instead, they won 29 games, most in school history, and snagged a few titles along the way, securing their first Big East regular season title in program history, and then going on to win the Big East tourney, tourney, their first ever since joining the conference in 2005. It's a program that, let's just let's keep it real, has not been good or even consistent prior to the hire of Smart in 2021. And yeah, like most fans, people will gravitate towards the postseason record of Shaka Smart, who is one and eight in his last nine tournament appearances as a head coach, but I will choose not to. Instead, I will look at his forty-seven and nineteen record since taking over at Marquette and give him more than just two seasons to establish himself in this program and this city, for that matter. I truly believe that with his leadership, the environment he has established, the victory shakes after each each game that they win, and the fact that. of his team is returning next year with all five of his starters coming back as well for the Golden Eagles is immeasurable. The bottom line here, though, it's it's, it's rather simple. Once again, the expectations at Marquette are set high, and that hasn't been the case for quite some years. And that's a big thanks to the head coach and Shaka Smart. On the heels of Russian President Vladimir Putin's visit to occupied territory in Ukraine, in this country, continued debate over the end game in that war and U.S. support for Ukraine. You know, polling suggests Americans are growing weary of U.S. support and the billions of dollars to Ukraine, and Republican presidential hopefuls are splitting the party on the issue. ABC News political analyst Steve Roberts is with us live from Washington this morning. Steve, former President Trump, he's officially in the race, has never been a fan of U.S. involvement in foreign wars. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who's all but declared in the race, saying, Support of this war is not in the U.S. interest, but now they're starting to get pushback from within their own party as well. Well, that's absolutely right. Um, And uh, you look at, uh, you mentioned Ron DeSantis at 44, clearly one of the rising lights in Republican uh, uh, politics. He answered a a question from Tucker Carlson at Fox News. He said, uh, this is not in America's vital interest, this war. He called it a territorial dispute between Russia and uh, Ukraine. 
Then you got uh, Chris Sununu. He's the young governor. He's only 48. He's the governor of New Hampshire, also thinking about running for president. He wrote an op-ed page piece in the Washington Post over the weekend, which took direct in the direct uh, uh, criticism of Trump and Sununu, uh, Trump and um, DeSantis. He said that um, these Republicans have lost their moral compass. Pretty strong language. And he said, this is not a territorial dispute. This is a war against innocent people in Ukraine. And he said, look, I'm in the tradition of Ronald Reagan, uh, and, and they are not. Uh, Ronald Reagan, for eight years, uh, followed a much more muscular uh, foreign policy, uh, and uh, he has uh, branded the, the other wing isolationist. So, look, uh, voters in Milwaukee and everywhere else are always going to be more interested in the price of eggs and gasoline than they are in the price of the war in Ukraine. But still, this is a very important split between two very basic and different views of the world and America's responsibility around the world. And that's going to continue to play out. Uh, and um, as you point out, there's no doubt that within, particularly within Republican ranks, there is growing Ukraine fatigue. You look at a Pew Research Center, very good polling outfit a year ago, asked Republicans the question, are we doing too much in Ukraine? Well, only 9 or 10% said yes a year ago. Today, 40% say yes. So there's no doubt that DeSantis and Trump, in that view of the world, are reflecting a growing fatigue with Ukraine and Republican ranks. But there's still a whole lot of Republicans who say the party of Ronald Reagan should be full-throated in, in its support of, of Ukraine and resisting uh, Putin's advances. Talking with uh, ABC News political analyst Steve Roberts. Steve, it's a more nuanced debate, but there is some question as to whether or not it's in the interest of the Ukrainian people to continue sustaining this war, meaning perhaps a brokered peace, unpalatable as that is to many freedom-loving people across the world, actually is better because it will at least end the slaughter of the Ukrainian people. Look, that is a very fair uh, comment. And there's no doubt that the cost to the Ukrainian people of a war which has been stalemated now for months is enormous. Uh, there's been a lot of focus on how many uh, troops Russia has lost in the war. But the fact is there have been an enormous number of Ukrainian casualties as well. And, of course, Russia is a far larger country and can throw far more troops in the long run into the battle than Ukraine can. Um, and there's no doubt that Ukrainians, and that beyond the question of simply casualties, um, Almost every city in Ukraine has periodically been bombed by the Russians who attacked their infrastructure and uh, destroyed the heating and electricity systems and the power grids. Um, uh, and, and a lot of folks say, look, in the end, what is the obvious solution? That the obvious solution is a brokered peace that continues the Russian occupation of the eastern uh, part of Ukraine, which, of course, they have occupied for years now. It's not as if that they crossed the border for the first time. The Russian and Russian-backed militias have been occupying the eastern industrial heartland of, of Ukraine for a long time. And of course, also the Crimean Peninsula since uh, 2014. But this is very hard argument to make to the Ukrainians, and particularly uh, Vladimir Zelensky, the, the president, um, to say uh, you have to give up part of your national territory. But you're right in pointing out that, that when people sit back and say, how is this war going to end if it ever does end? The only plausible uh, solution is a detente, a, 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 some kind of ceasefire 
which uh, does not involve uh, Ukrainian occupation of all of its historic territory. Steve Roberts, ABC News political analyst. Always, they're tough questions, Steve. Always appreciate your perspective. Okay, good to talk to you. Thank you.